Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, Rod Squad. Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. We were, I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the RP Show. Football Friday. Live in the bunker, streaming and televising from IKS Studios. Here in the sweatpants capital. I am your uh, pilot. What, Wes? You like that? Sweatpants capital. The sweatpants yeah. capital. You're overdressed. You're overdressed. <laughs> yeah. We got the Hall of Famer, the Wes Cates, joining us here, the pride of Columbus, Ohio. And I told Wes, we're going to talk about some things that he's not used to talking about. Obviously, we're going to talk about CFL football. And don't be nervous. No. You can handle it, right? I've interviewed you enough times over the years. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to get your take on a few things that are Columbus-related, believe it or not. Uh-oh. Pull that mic in a little more if you don't mind. Um, right. Wes Cates in hour one and Nick Lewis in hour two right here in the bunker. Two tremendous CFL greats and Hall of Famers. I'm blessed. We're all blessed to have these guys with us today to talk ball. Now... Those are the guests. I'll get into the quick six show topics in a moment, but what was going to be my sixth point has become breaking news. Very appropriately, my Calgary Stampeders bell. Boo. No, no. <laughs> I played for, for one year. Yeah, yeah. They, they broke me into the league, so That's I, can't, right. I can't hate them too much. Jim Barker. Hey, Dave Dickinson will not be coaching tonight for the Calgary Stampeders. He's gone into COVID protocol. I don't know all of the details around this other than to say that Dickie won't be there. Mark Killam is going to assume the head coaching duties for tonight's game at Ottawa for the Calgary Stampeders. And John Huffnagel is going to come out of the press box down to the sidelines. And I'm reading all this by virtue of our friends from Calgary, Mark Stephen, the voice of the Stampeders, Jock Wilson, the pre- and post-game guy, uh, saying that Huff will be there in a supportive role. And I'll just come up with it right now. Our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Can the Calgary Stampeders win in Ottawa tonight without Dave Dickinson. I think, it, I think it's a pretty easy answer, but let me throw this over to the Hall of Famer, the uh, Rough Riders' second all-time leading rusher, Wes Cates. How would you answer that? Can they win without Dickey? Yeah, I think that they'll be fine. There's, there's enough going on. There's enough prep going on during the week, and I think you have a, a seasoned veteran quarterback that maybe you let him call some plays or work with the, the coach that's going to step in and call plays, and uh, they work it out. They figure it out. It might not look as crisp, but I, yeah. I think it'll, it'll be enough to beat Ottawa for sure. Well, and this just came down this morning. This has been teetering for the last 12 to 24 hours that this might happen. And I see the Stampeder fans are writing in. Hey, they're alive and they're awake. Jeff, the Stamps fan, writing in. Says, no, Dave Dickinson, no problem. Killam will fill in flawlessly. And I feel like this is, uh, this is Mark Killam just, ah, here's my chance. Almost hoping that Dickey doesn't clear protocol. <laughs> I say that facetiously because I love Mark Killam. But he wants to be a head coach. 
Um, it's like Prince Charles, I think, when he's shampooing his hair in the morning and he says, I just can't wait to be king, because he will be when Queen Elizabeth's gone. Well, for Mark Killam, Queen Elizabeth is gone for tonight anyways. Killam's been biding his time for a while, so I'm man. saying he was, he was a strength and conditioning coach when, when I was there? there, yeah. I, I wonder, because that six. was 2006, yeah. yeah, yeah Mark's yeah. been around that long. Yeah. It's a long time to wait for an opportunity. So we wish Mark Killam well. And uh, to be honest with you, before we, we're really getting ahead of ourselves. But that's the breaking news. And for the Stamps fans and Ottawa Red Blacks fans, that's today's uh, pregame show. And we'll see you tonight, film at 11. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? <laughs> Um, we will get to your questions. This is our 813th show, and you guys still don't get it. This is our time. This is our time. And then we'll get to the viewer questions. So just hold on. Don't get your panties in a bunch. We'll get to it. Number one, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers kept their perfect record going with a 35-20 win over the Montreal Alouettes Thursday night. Tied at 14 going into the fourth quarter, the Blue Bombers scored three straight touchdowns to put the game out of reach before Montreal scored one more late in the game. Two sides going back to Winnipeg next week to do it again. This one was in McGill. It was, was, did you watch it? It was a hell of a game. It was a good game, and Montreal had them. There was a couple of times early where they really should have put six on the board. They settled for field goals, and it just kept... It seemed like uh, Winnipeg's mom- momentum and their confidence just kept building as as Montreal was struggling to get in the end zone. And then they kept it close, but obviously the champs just had the moxie and, and definitely had the, the strength to overpower the team and literally just take it over in the fourth. It was, it was a shame to watch because I thought Montreal really played a, played a good game and, had, well, and sh- it should have been closer than that, the final score for sure. They're getting there, but yeah. they were going up against... What could be the best CFL team ever? Blue Bombers yeah. are now 9-0. and yeah. The topic came up yesterday, West Bomber fans. We have a lot of Winnipeg viewers. They're saying, do you think the Bombers can go 18-0? And I said no because nobody's ever done it, mm-hmm. but they're still damn good. Scary good. They're looking, they're looking really right. good, and they're looking yeah. like, for whatever reason, the football guys just keep letting the ball bounce their way, even in the games that it looks like they're going to find a way to lose. They, the other team makes a mistake, and they capitalize on it. And end up uh, on top of when the when the times finished. So uh, it's it's annoying to watch. I don't want to see a team be that good, but I can't hate on them right now. They're actually playing great football and finishing games really well. And everybody's coming at them with their best shot. So for them to withstand all that for the first nine weeks and and not look like they're really slowing down at all is is impressive. It's. Not annoying to me, really, at all. And for no. you, in some cases, it's not for one reason. For you, Richie Hall. I mean, who doesn't love Richie? Yeah. I mean, we're happy for that. You don't know Zach well or if at all. Caleros, no, but right? he's an Ohio kid. So. Right. He's Steubenville. Steubenville. Yeah. yeah. Big deal sacked. there, right? He got sacked and picked off by, uh, apparently, a high school buddy or underling. Uh, I can't remember the DB's On the opening name. series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number 12, I believe. I yeah. don't know what He's his name is. He's from Steubenville, too. It's a hell of a game. All, those great, all great football players. Come from Steubenville. Most great Ohio. football players come yeah. from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Randy from Winnipeg watching says, Interesting trend. Bombers won the Cup in 1958 and 1959. In 1960, they started 10-0 and lost the Cup. Could it happen again? One week at a time. That's all we need to know. While we're on the Ohio vein, Mm. and listen, any nincompoop can sit here and talk about the scores in the games. It's the stories that are great. 
And I have one about Zach in Steubenville, but I want to ask you about Columbus. Because if I can skip forward here, point four, Jonathan Huberdeau signing an eight-year extension with the Calgary Flames for a $10.5 million annual value. How about that, Jonathan Huberdeau with the Flames? How about that? Nobody's talking about Johnny Gaudreau anymore, who's gone to Columbus. We've had, do you know we air in all over Ohio, this show, on Buckeye Cable? Oh, yeah? We do. Game Plus Television carried in uh, the three C's. I'm going to have to tell my family. Yes, tell Big West. Columbus, (laughs) Cincinnati, Cleveland. We're on in all those towns. Plus Toledo, which you're wearing the hat. Yeah, yeah. So Columbus uh, Connection. We had Ryan Murray in here earlier this week. Spent seven years with the Blue Jackets. He just won a Stanley Cup with Colorado. He says that Johnny Gaudreau, the newest Columbus Blue Jacket, will be recognized on the streets of Columbus. He's a big, he's not physically big, but he's a big star. What, what's he walking into in Columbus as, an, as a great with the Blue Jackets? Columbus is a sports town. They love, as long as you can do some winning, Columbus is going to pay attention. They're going to follow. They're going to come out and support. And they're going to get to know you and love you as long as you're not, uh, you know, as long as you're easy to talk to and, and willing to interact with the fans, they'll, they'll take you in and treat you like one of their own. So he's in a good spot. They've definitely built up the town kind of around that, that new Blue Jacket Stadium, the Arena District. I guess it's not new now. It's getting, I guess, over a decade old. But it's a great place, great great, great town to play any sport, really. Yeah, so the, the one thing Ryan Murray said, though, is that the Buckeyes are the gods. Like, yeah, could they, Justin Fields walk down the street and not be mobbed? Or would he yeah. be mobbed? Uh, I think he'd be mobbed I'm, yeah. <laughs> to an extent. I think, yeah, everything kind of comes plays second fiddle to to the Buckeyes, but there's still there's still room for. I mean, we got pro soccer, we got hockey. You know what I mean? And there's yeah, it, there's other just, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But hockey's not real high on that list. Yeah, I mean it they is. have a good facility. Even even the Columbus. The Clippers, the baseball team, they're right behind the, the Blue Jackets stadium, and that whole area gets a lot of activity, a lot of action, and a lot of fans. See, I'm coming at you with some stuff that you don't normally talk about on the air. Mm-hmm. It's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a change. <laughs> and here's another one from a story standpoint. I saw, I'm watching the game last night, and they had the graphic that Zach Caleros was 12-5 and five as a quarterback for the Riders. That's pretty damn good. The problem mm-hmm. is when they needed him, he was not physically, he was on the pup list. Physically unable to perform. Yeah, I right? don't know. Yeah, Zach is. It's like night and day because he was. Yes. Everybody was thinking his next hit was going to be maybe the one to put him in a wheelchair or something like that. Now he's running around and sling like he was looking really accurate and strong and running around last night. I I was impressed. He just seems like he's kind of yeah. kind of settled into to the quarterback, the individual that he knows he was supposed to be, right? But who saw it coming? <laughs> Literally nobody other yeah, than yeah. the Bombers. And you mentioned the luck yeah. and the ball bounces. I'm starting to want I don't really believe in luck. No? You do things right, you get a lot luckier. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the harder I you agree, work and that. the more right things you do. But anyways, yeah. I'll tell you a story. True story. Me, Chris Jones, and Zach Caleros are riding around in a car. That group. True story. Yeah, how'd that happen? We were, uh, where were we? <laughs> Toronto or Vancouver? Can't remember. You know, you were like, you know when you go in the day before the game and you yeah, go in yeah, for the yeah. media? Early, early media day. That yep. was us. So we okay. were in the vehicle. And we had a driver. And I just sat back and listened. Believe it or not. And Jones and Zach Caleros went back talking Ohio high school football names going back 50 years. Not oh, wow. to mention Cincinnati Bobcats and OSU Buckeyes and staffs. And I looked at Zach. I'm like, how old are you? Right. He's got like a 100-year-old soul in a 
32-year-old body. And it tells me that he will go on to coach when this is done. He's just that kind of – he just could sit – him and Jones – you imagine a conversation between those two guys? I envy guys like that because I have a cousin, Gary Tate, who it was the same way, and we're like two months apart. So he was. we would always talk about who's this and who's that when we were coming up through high school and college, and I'd be like, "Who? I don't even know who you're talking about, but he knew everybody in every nook and cranny, every corner of the state. He just followed that stuff, him and his dad. So also Gary, yeah, exactly Gary like Tate. That. <laughs> and then furthermore, sorry, it's just like me and Wes rapping here, but I yeah. think people enjoy it. Uh, so we get talking about home owning in Toronto mm-hmm. and Zach's wife's from there and they're from a fairly affluent neighborhood and uh, Zach was saying oh there's investors from outside the country that just buy a house here one of these mansions to say that they live here mm-hmm. uh, for whatever tax purposes and stuff and yeah. I said well they should rent those houses out and Zach's like they don't need the money Rod <laughs> they, don't. <laughs> they don't like why there's that they don't need the money Rod why would they rent it out okay I'll just shut up and sit over here <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't offend me. I've been around these guys all the time. It's the way we talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Zach's just very direct, and I just get a bang out of him. And overall, 12 and 5 is a rider starter. And he raised money for his hometown of Steubenville Police Department to have those cameras that they strap on their chests so the cops can go in. Zach raised the money for it through his really? charity foundation. So I just don't understand why... He wasn't more popular in Saskatchewan when he was here. Apparently, he's a good buddy of Andy Fantus as well. This guy, that doesn't man. surprise me. Yeah, Zach, I got to get, get around Zach. I got to hang out with this Zach, guy. Zach is the light. <laughs> he just exudes. He vibrates very high. Yeah. But the thing is, when you see him on television, he looks like a prick. And he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta get to know him. Yeah. I guess is, and I would hope I maybe that's what people say about me. Anyways, the 163rd <laughs> running of the Queen's Plate is taking place on Sunday, August 21st. A day full of the best Canadian thoroughbred racing, great fashion, amazing food, and loads of fun. Get your tickets today at Woodbine.com or play along with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets app, available for Android and Apple devices. It looks like they had a bang up time last night at Woodbine. We have Jim Lawson coming on later, don't we, Clark? Today. Yeah, the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, Jim Lawson, will be with us to talk about what went on last night at Canada's racetrack and, again, the Queen's Plate. That's a lot of time on point one and the breaking news. We move on to point two. NFL, the Las Vegas Raiders gave Coach Josh McDaniels a successful homecoming in his debut on the sideline. Josh Jacobs, rookie Zamir White, and Austin Walter ran well in a rain-soaked field in Canton, Ohio, as the Vegas Raiders routed Jacksonville 27-11 in the Hall of Fame game. It spoiled Coach Doug Peterson's first game with the Jaguars. From a personnel standpoint, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams warmed up for the Raiders, but they didn't get a chance to play their first game together since they were together at Fresno State. Uh, Jacksonville's Trevor Lawrence wore a backwards cap on the sideline. Third-string quarterback Jake Luton started. The NFL's first preseason game began 40 minutes late due to severe weather that forced fans to seek shelter. I wanted to watch some of it, Wes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Did you see any of it? I saw a little what bit. What was it on? It was. I think it was on... Like TSN two or okay something like that. I didn't maybe, catch a snap of it. How yeah, did I know it was supposed to air on NBC too? But then I couldn't. It, I don't think anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was all right. It was kind of what I expected. Like considering the the two teams in their their last season, I think Josh Jacobs has the potential to be the best running back in the league. I think he's that caliber of back. And then with the the presence that Devontae Adams is going to bring, I think it's going to open up the run game and they. Uh, Apparently stacked the O-line a little bit this year in the offseason. So I think 
what we saw out of that preseason game was kind of indicative of how those two teams are probably going to be for at least the first half yep. of this year in the NFL. I, yeah. And I don't mind spending a minute or two on this. Uh, the point spread yesterday was 1.5. Uh, was it 1.5 or 2.5 the Raiders were favored? So they covered. But the only visual I saw of the game was Henry Burris's Instagram. You got to love Hank. He, he made an Instagram <laughs> reel of walking onto the field in Canton. And I've always kind of wanted to look at what that field looks like from field level. We've seen mm. the Hall of Fame induction speeches. We've watched the games there. But yeah. here's Hank walking out like this. Can you imagine a coach doing that? That yeah. would be Hank. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, now you see like you see so many guy players, and well, yeah. I guess the players that aren't actually in uniform doing it yeah, at, at every game, right? And then, of course, <laughs> Hank. Hank's always been that type of guy, though. He was always a cool, like he's very astute and smart guy, but also very down to earth and uh, has a lot of fun. So I think if there's any guy in that age bracket that would do it, it's, it's Henry Burst. <laughs> we are going to get into more of this. We're only two points into the quick six. Wes Cates with us now, Nick Lewis coming up, and Jim Lawson, the CEO of Woodbine Entertainment. It's the warm-up. You're watching on the Game Plus television network. We're also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, Google, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. City X is underway. I'm not sure what day it is. Four, I think. Blessed with tremendous weather down there at uh, Regina Exhibition Park. Um, Hey, by the way, we're brought to you in part by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. We're moving on in the quick six show topics here to point three. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a three-run homer. Teo, as they call him, Teo Hernandez, homered for the second straight day. And the Toronto Blue Jays cruised to a 9-3 win over the Minnesota Twins last night. Whit Merrifield, who revealed earlier in the day that he's now vaccinated and cleared to play in Canada, had two hits for the Jays. Uh, yeah. Hey, did you see the spot from Edo, Japan? we got to mention Edo to Japan. Have you eaten at Edo, Japan, West Cates? Edo, yeah. Of course you have. To, You're I a healthy to, guy. Yeah, yeah, but not, not lately. Get yeah. down there. Get yeah. you some. I see they got new bubble tea. <laughs> exactly. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. We love us some Edo Japan. Now, to the viewers uh, regarding Zach Caleros, Jack in Vulcan, Alberta says, Zach is the best quarterback in the league by a country mile at this moment. Steubenville is the home of Dean Martin, member of the Rat Pack. Uh, Wayne in BC, Zach Caleros comes across as quiet and unassuming with the press, but I think he's showing how good of a quarterback he really is with the Bombers. He's, is he the best player in the league, Wes? I think he's, he looks like it right now. Yeah. I mean, I, what other quarterback can you say is really playing at that level? Maybe Bo Levi, but they've, yeah, I guess they've had their struggles. Nathan Rourke, the West Canadian. Yeah, 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 but where did he play? Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, All he, he the good ones. finished three years of college at Ohio. That's probably why he's so good right now. But, no, his completion percentage is great. And I think as far as accuracy and, and percentage and yardage, I think that he's comparable. But Zach just looks like he's kind of playing on another level right now, just really accurate. I was watching some of the throws. He was 
putting pretty much right on the money really gives his receivers the best chance at going up and making plays. At some point, yeah. Buck Pierce should be getting some credit here. The offensive coordinator, and I don't know if he's yeah. the quarterback's coach in Winnipeg, but just because, yeah, you want to, you. Yeah. we want to give Zach credit. He deserves it, but yeah. he looks, dude, no, there's a lot better be than said. he ever has. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about just uh, as a coach finding ways to have athletes work to be better on a day-by-day basis because, you know, the – the skills are there, but when you have a coach that kind of nitpicks and doesn't let you get comfortable in in your greatness and you keep excelling and getting better, I think yeah, you have to give some of that credit to your coaching. Uh, spending a lot of time on last night's Bombers 35-20 win over the Montreal Alouettes. Again, tonight, the breaking news. Dave Dickinson won't coach for the Stampeders. He's in COVID protocol. Mark Killam will be on the sidelines for the Calgary Stampeders tonight at the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Can the Stampeders win without Dave Dickinson on the sidelines? I didn't tweet it yet, Clark, so I don't have a Twitter uh, result. What, what are they saying on YouTube? What's the right now the vote? Eighty-eight <laughs> percent say yes. We we the stamps could win with your grandma coaching at Ottawa <laughs> tonight. I would think. And uh, hey, Ottawa Evans, that kid is looking better. Ottawa's cute. Caleb Evans, yeah, yeah. I thought Caleb Jeremiah Masoli. Well, I guess he's hurt, but yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, Ottawa has a good team. But I mean, the head coach is really. Once the game starts, they're really just coordinating and yelling at the guys who are messing up. So if you're doing your job, you might not even interact with the head coach <laughs> throughout the whole game. You know what I mean? I, I mean, there there's certain spots in the game where the head coach influences things. But if you have your defense coordinator, your offensive coordinator calling plays, the head coach is really just managing and making sure people are doing it the way he wants it done. The great Eric <laughs> Tillman said, players win and coaches lose. Never forgot it. <laughs> Think about it. You know yeah. what a savant Tillman is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got you. Hey, he's, he's the reason why I am the rider great that I am because I was in Calgary backing up Reynolds and playing fullback, uh, American playing fullback. I must have been good. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, write it down. Players win, coaches lose. It's a Tillmanism. Now, we've gone 25 minutes into the program on this football Friday. And they're dying to get your take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who've mm. lost three in a row. They're four and four. They're on a bye week. They say they've gone home to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What's your take? You, Wes is on the pre and post game show for the football uh, broadcast. Yeah. So what's they're hot around here, huh? Yeah, they're 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 not too happy. It, they needed this break. They needed this bye week. I think a lot can be accomplished in a bye. I think that they're definitely. A team that has the horses, has the, the bodies, but they've also been hurt. They've had a little controversy with suspensions. Some of their best players have been out. Their two bookend Russians have been hurt. So I think once they get back off of this bye, get some guys back healthy, we'll be able to see them playing at their best. Uh, but it's still got to kind of come down to, I think the only the only issues they have is up front and just some inconsistent play from, from uh, their quarterback. I mean, other than that, I think they're fine, but... Definitely got to have the O-line step up, and and Cody Fajardo has got to just get – just relax and just trust the guys around him and just do his job because it seems like he's just always expecting a rush, always trying to escape the rush even when there is no rush, and it's affecting his accuracy and, and, and just hitting, hitting guys on time. He, his 
constantly been late and behind on throws, and I think guys are really working hard to get open for him, and he's just too scared of the protection that he's getting from his O-line, so he's just not playing his best ball, which is something you can't do. you got to trust your guys up front, and you take a couple shots, but deliver the ball on time and accurate. Um, comments from the viewers. Jordan Ewart in the chat says, classic overreaction from Ryder fans. Mm-hmm. You'd think we'd be used to it by now. Yeah. From Mike Horrigan in Toronto, he says, great to see you back in the bunker, RP, if only for a week. And that's the truth. We are going to the World Juniors for the next two weeks, beginning Monday. Mm-mm-mm-mm. James in Borden, Manitoba says, even though I'm a Bomber fan, I listen to Wes on CKRM, and he is great. Yes, he's great. We uh, don't put Rudy Poos on this show. We only have the best. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. I mentioned that Hoppy sat in that chair yesterday, Jim Hobson. and Ryder great. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I said, what's the Ryder's problems? He goes, the O-line isn't very good. And yeah. I see this all the time, and I'm thinking, it was okay when they were 2-0 and and Dan Clark was healthy. Like, yeah. is that where it all begins and ends? You see the think- play callings getting criticized by Jason Maz. Yeah, and I wonder if that's just a, a, a Moss really knowing that his O-line can't protect for long enough or if this is just the type of plays he wants to call. Because a lot of short – I mean, uh, you can't really say your, your completion percentage is great when half of the balls that you throw are, are caught behind the line of scrimmage. And I, I just don't think they're attacking downfield. If I, was a, if I was an offense coordinator, I'm throwing three to five, like, just bombs every game. you got to stretch the defense, and I just don't feel like – they either feel confident enough to do that, don't think they have the time to do that, or I, I don't know what it is. But at the end of the day, I think Moss and Cody are the, are the two people that really need to take it upon their shoulders to, to open things up and, and be a better offense and help this defense out. I mean, the defense is unbelievable, but you can't lean on them all game. These guys are playing way too many snaps, and then it's rolling over into the special teams because a lot of these defensive guys play special teams. So by the end of the game, they're getting worn down, and that's why we're seeing some of these big returns. It all kind of compounds on itself because the offense can't sustain drives, can't put points on the board. So it's injuries leading to the offensive is problems. I think, yeah, I think, well, they didn't have depth to begin with. They were kind of suspect. Then you take your leader and the toughest guy on the team, probably Dan Clark, and you lose him. And now you're moving guys around. You've had three different guys playing center. You've been changing out guards and tack. It just, it doesn't, yeah, guys just have to get comfortable in their spot. And it's really important. I mean, you win and lose games in the trenches. And clearly right now the riders are out, outmatched at the offensive line position. It's as simple as that. Now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. Mike Horgan in Toronto says Cody Fajardo is not that guy. Isn't it obvious? Well, the Riders are paying him like he is mm-hmm. at close to a half a million dollars a year. He's the highest paid rough rider of all time without having won a Grey Cup. I, not only do I think he's the guy, but that's just because I love him. Personally, I love him professionally. Yeah. Cody can do no wrong in my eyes ever, and that might be a fault of my own, but I kind of favor loyalty. Really? Yeah. Jer- but Jeremy O'Day clearly feels the same way because yeah. if he's not that guy, yeah. as Mike's saying, or the fans, then O'Day <laughs> goofed. That's a fact. I think Cody is everything you want in a quarterback outside of, actually playing the position I don't think he's got the biggest arm I think he can be accurate but he hasn't always been accurate this season and I think I don't know what it is but definitely I've watched it I've I've tried to be critical but not be too 
too critical. And I'm just looking at his feet and his placement and the way he moves before he's throwing, when he's getting ready to throw, when he gets the ball, like, fresh off the snap. He just doesn't seem to have any type of consistent foot movement. He's not stepping into his throws, and that's why he's inconsistent. I think everybody loves – there's no reason not to love Cody. He's a religious guy. He's a great leader. He's on social media. He's great to the fans. He seems to get along with all his teammates. But that doesn't mean that you're out there executing at the level you need to execute at. And I think – I don't know if we're seeing that as much as we need to. <clears throat> Two quarterbacks that you played with, Kerry Joseph and Darian Durant, were they perfect? No, not, not at all. Not and even definitely, close. And definitely when their protection wasn't perfect, they, they got worse as well. So I think it all, it all adds up and, and, and makes this, this mess that you kind of – what you don't want to do is start pointing fingers, but you can't really blame it on the lack of protection. You just got to – like what I saw from Dola Gala, he – Stood he in there. To, yeah. He stood in there and took some shots, but he waited on his receivers to get open, and he and he had some pretty good completions. And I feel like Cody's kind of getting out of the way a little early. You know what well, I mean? Todd Pinkney, one of our viewers, says 100% Cody is not that guy. We need to play Jake Moore and groom someone ASAP. He's talking about Dola Gala. Mm-hmm. Should Fajardo have played last week against BC in your mind? I don't think he should have. I think they, because it seems, they seem to be talking about this knee issue and, oh, he's not feeling his best and all that. Well, then let the, let the guy sit and try to get as healthy as he can. You, he missed a game. You only had one game to play. I understand it was a divisional game and you wanted to get the win, but you didn't get the win. And now he doesn't get as long of a rest as he could have had. Now do we come back from the bye and, oh, he's still in the brace, his knee's still bugging him. He's not really – he can't step into his throws like he, he can't – he can't escape like he wants to. Like, are we going to blame this whole season on the knee? You know, is, that's what I, I didn't want. Now that's going to be a factor. I think they should have just set him and, and tried to steal one at home from B.C. I guess it would have been stealing one. but Right. Well, <laughs> I know? didn't watch the game. I was in yeah. – Moraine Lake. You been there in Alberta? No. Unbelievably beautiful. No nice. television, no cell service. Mm. So I didn't watch the game. But I did somehow see that the Riders were up 17-4 in the second quarter, and I thought, ah, they're probably going to win this if they lock it down. And then people tell me that a brain fart by Mario Alford yeah. unraveled the whole game. It wasn't just Mario Alford. Alford should have stayed in. He had a chance to just take it up the near sideline and really get out to at least at 15 or 20, but he tried to do too much. Got tackled on the two. Then Murrow, instead of sticking it up in there when you're trying to get off your goal, line he tried to bounce it outside which is a definite no-no for a running back and uh, got a safety and that those two plays really just snowballed and gave BC the momentum they needed to really give the riders a butt kick and for the rest of the game I was almost appalled at how lopsided the rest of the game that's the problem yeah 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 yeah. Jason and Red Deer two guys that Kate's played with Joseph and Durant were not perfect either but how many great cups between them yeah, two. But mm-hmm. Fajardo was in his third season starting. His third? Yeah. Kerry was won a Grey Cup in his fourth or fifth season starting. Darian, fourth or fifth season starting. You going to say Fajardo doesn't have it and give up on him? They always say that until you do win. Wes, yeah. we're out of time, if you can believe. Oh. <laughs> You're just getting say, warmed up. I was about to say, I was, yeah, I was ready to talk about Kerry and Durant. But you bit, can but. stick around. Okay, we'll bring <laughs> Wes back in two segments because we're heading down to Woodbine. Right after this, you're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. 
Just a reminder, everybody, Edmonton is hosting the world this summer. The World Juniors are back from August 9th to the 20th. Purchase your tickets today at HockeyCanada.ca. You can get your tickets for as low as $40 each, and we will see you in Edmonton. Do we have Jim Lawson? All right, let's do it. The CEO of Woodbine Entertainment, Jim Lawson, joins us. A man with a business card and resume that we don't have. We only got two hours. We can't go through it all. Jim's a very accomplished guy. Joins us from Southern Ontario. Jim, thanks for the time. It looks like you guys had a blast last night at Woodbine. What was going on down there? Hey, Rod, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, we, uh, we opened a new Stella Artois par- a Terrace, a 300-seat patio, overlooks the city, overlooks the racetrack, and we've, been, we've partnered with Labatt's for a long time, and they plunked a whole lot of money into building this terrace, and it is spectacular. We had a fun night. Uh, the Premier came out, and uh, Andre de Grasse was there, and we had a lot of social influencers, and it was a big party all night long, and the, and the races were going on, so it was a spectacular uh, start uh, for this new terrace in Toronto. And it, it'll be popular once it gets going. Well, I'll tell you what, I wondered what was going on because I thought it was just a standard Thursday night races, but the one guy that you let in the building was Mike Richards <laughs> from Saga 960, and it looks like he made full took full advantage of what you guys had oh, going yeah. on. Mike's a regular. It was nice to have him there, and he brought his, he brought his, his cohort, Mr. Bastille, along, and... Uh, they they certainly had uh, consumed some food and drink and had a good time and uh, Mike Mike shows up pretty regularly and we're happy to have him he's a big he's a big supporter and fan of Woodbine so it's it was a, it was a fun night with well, uh, with Mike and Dave yeah and we'll get to the Queen's Plate in a second but I'm fascinated with this I mean you're the former chairman of the Board of Governors of the CFL pro hockey player now you're part owner of the Ticats you guys have clearly decided with this terrace. There at Woodbine, we want to make this about entertainment and the party, not just sitting in your seats and watching the races. So, can you discuss that initiative? Yeah, listen, I I, I think that uh, you know a little bit like my CFL years. Um, let's face it, we've got an aging demographic in horse racing. Uh, Canadian Football League has an aging demographic, and uh, that new consumer is more than likely to stay at home if they're interested at all and watch it on their phone or watch highlights. And we've got to find a way to get them out. People like to go out and and eat and drink and have a fun time. And that's what we need to do to attract the young fans. And you've seen that in, in many CFL stadiums, as you know, to the uh, the end zone bars and things to try and increase that game day experience. And, and this is much the same concept, but we really have to work hard uh, to get that, that young demographic out. And, and ultimately... Uh, build some investment in the sport. We need new owners. We need we need new people in horse racing, and and uh, I think if we can get them up close and personal to the horses and to the jockeys, um, they're going to come back and they're going to like it, and uh, and all the more likely that we'll be able to convert them to to long term fans. Well, and to be honest, I'm interested now to talk about the Queen's Plate running Sunday, August 21st, the 163rd running. You worked your butt off to make it happen through the pandemic. And that's what I know as an employee, you want your CEO fighting for your company. And you did that and you were able to run it, but it wasn't the same, right? Are you back to the normal Queen's Plate this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Really high demand for tickets, uh, uh, which is great. We're announcing our Entertainment Act on, uh, on Monday, which will be an act that's familiar to Canadian Football League fans and junior hockey fans across the country. So 
we're excited about that. And uh, and the food and beverage and the, and the, uh, the dressing up will be a, a highlight of the day. People do love to get dressed up and go outside and uh, we'll likely have a, a big smattering again of uh, Canadian Football League players, both from the Tiger Cats and the Argonauts. And Henak Moambo was 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 there last night. I had a good chat with him, and uh, it'll it'll be a fun day. So we're excited to have the Queens Plate back in in full form. It'll be on CTV. It'll be a great show, and so I uh, hope you can catch it, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'll be on winging my way back to Florida that day, but I remember, was it just last year or the year before that Brian Williams was hosting the pregame show? Like, it was big, even though you were at limited capacity. So that's why I asked if you're back to 100% and you are. Like, people obviously, you're back in your normal date, right? Everything, does it feel right? Does it feel like you're back now? It, it Yeah, it does, both during the week and weekends, uh, the crowds are coming back because, as I said, people like to get out. I think they're they've felt cooped up for too long. And uh, even last night, there was just an excitement in the air of people just being happy to be there, getting out, being outside. And uh, and the Queen's Plate is really going to have that feel to it this year. I think we're 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 going at it full blast and it'll be a fun day. Well, and I should mention, too, for those that don't go and you can get your tickets if you're watching right now in southern Ontario on Game Plus TV at Woodbine.com. But with the Dark Horse Bets app. You know, we've been talking about it on the show for uh, all week here. And one of the things that you guys have said, it's easy to use. And for me, it was almost too easy to use. I'm, it's fun. It's fun. So I would tell anybody to download it and that, to, to feel part of the action. I mean, are you a regular on there? Can I ask you, Jim, Dark Horse? I mean, what do you like about this AI-powered app that you guys have put together? Well, what I what is really neat about it, it, the world of the world of wagering, and particularly party mutual wagering, is is that uh, party mutual wagering is is betting against each other, and, and what the artificial intelligence does, if 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 you can follow this, is it finds the gaps in the party mutual wagering, so that combinations and horses that are are really under bet, the artificial intelligence will not only do the analysis on the quality of horse, but will also analyze the, the betting pools and tell you where you should be betting different combinations in order to give yourself the best chance. So it's it's a fascinating piece of artificial intelligence that has algorithms that can figure all that out for you and, and is really a, a neat concept. And the winning percentage is extremely high. It, uh, it will it will bring you money back. Maybe not always all your money back, but it, it's a big winner, and it's really fun. As you say, simple to use on your phone. Um, it's uh, it's been a big success for us. Well, you know what? To be, I will put myself in your generation. For you and I, I wouldn't have understood that. But I'm getting into the betting world. But people Brody's age, they're all over it. They would completely understand what you were just talking about with algorithms and the betting. So, yeah, it's cool, and I would encourage anybody to download Dark Horse apps right now. Uh, Jim, it's great to have you back. I should mention with this Ticats thing, how is it being a CFL owner? What uh, Enjoying it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's fun. I mean, it, the, the one thing I, I've been working with, you know, I've worked with, with, with Bob and, and, and Scott Mitchell for eight years when I was – head of the CFL and, uh, and got to know them well. And, and really I came, came on board to help Bob, uh, look into the, into the future for the team. And we were working on different scenarios for ownership. 
including potentially uh, public ownership. And uh, along came Stelco, uh, Alan Kestenbaum, the CEO of Stelco. And so there, there are now four of us, uh, uh, the Stelco Corporation led by Alan Kestenbaum and, and Scott and Bob and I. And so we've got a good group. Uh, we were together last week for the win, and uh, and Scott and I will be there tomorrow night in uh, in Toronto together. I, Bob's still away, but uh, it, it's fun. I mean, we have we have a you know a good uh, relationship as an ownership group with uh, with Orlando, and 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 I enjoy that. I mean, these are good people, as you know. Canadian Football League are great people, and and I I just love being around the team, and and but keep my distance, that's for sure. Uh, but it, it, it's been fun. It would definitely be a different perspective for sure. Well, that's Canada's game of the week, Argos and Ticats in Toronto. So you got a great weekend on the go. Jim, thanks for this. Glad to be working with you again. And uh, good luck with everything. Thanks for having me on. All the best. Have a great weekend. You too. Jim Lawson, Woodbine Entertainment CEO. Wes Cates has hung around. He's got some things he wants to say. <laughs> when we come back and uh, we've got a sports update as well it is a football friday and we're live on the game plus television network carried all across ontario on Kojiko and rogers cable we're also live streaming on youtube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now days, Buffalo days, well underway. Regina's fair and get yourself a corn dog. Too bad Cody Fajardo isn't here to enjoy a corn dog. Just before we wrap things up with Wes Cates, as I mentioned, he's got some things he wants to say about quarterbacks. A sports update, the Saskatchewan Rattlers held off an Elam time Edmonton Stingers run and defeated the Stingers 94-91 at Sastel Center Thursday night in a Canadian Elite Basketball League play-in game. So the Rattlers have moved on to the quarterfinals of the CEBL playoffs. Meanwhile, out east, a killer step back from Cat Barber gave the Guelph Nighthawks a 90-85 road win over the Fraser Valley Bandits last night. And that was in another play-in game. So Guelph has moved on. Bandits are done. Toronto Blue Jays will take on the Minnesota Twins for the second of their four-game series tonight. Toronto earned a 9-3 win over Minnesota Thursday. Vladdy and Teo. We're on first-name basis uh, with these guys now because they're winning. They both homered in the victory for the Jays. This sports update for Edo Japan with more than 160 restaurants nationwide. Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. So, listen, Wes has been sitting here very patiently and quietly. (laughs) Because you said now you had some, yeah, yeah. yeah you had some thoughts. I feel thoughts. like it's almost past the moment, but no, we, we're, we're not. We we're, were comparing Cody Fajardo. That's for to, those that just tuned in. Hang yeah, on, because yeah, okay, Nick Lewis yeah. just walked in the door. Yeah. Up, so Nick? he was picking out everything, that, everything that's wrong with Fajardo. And I said, Durant and Joseph, am I wrong, weren't perfect. No, they weren't. But they're, but you look at the – you compare the quarterbacks, okay, Durant and Cody are similar size, but I still think Durant was a little stockier and way more accurate and precise. And then as far as Kerry Joseph, no question the better athlete, could run better, had a way bigger arm. And just really – I haven't been in the locker room with Cody, but I've never seen – a quarterback lead a team like Corey, uh, Kerry Joseph did that year. I was I was really impressed, and and we can even throw Hank Henry Burris back because you there played with him, yeah. Because I played with him, like he's probably the most overall talented quarterback I've ever played with as far as smarts, 
arm and uh, athletic ability, and he was tall so he could see over the line. Cody doesn't really have any of that to a elevated extent. He's tough. He can run a little bit, but I don't see him really outrunning, outrunning the rush like that. I don't know. It's just uh, he's great. He's got good skills, but nothing that kind of sets him apart in any way. This, I don't miss hardly any yeah. of my prior life, but this is what I wish I could do. And Nick's over there smiling like a butcher's dog. He can't <laughs> wait to weigh in on this. I'd like to put Fajardo and Hank back to back and see who's taller. Because Fajardo's 6'2". I don't think he's any shorter he? than Hank. Is he? He's a big man. All and Henry's right. getting old. He might be shrinking now, too. Let's not forget how about that? Yeah, Nick played with Hank for a while, so Nick can tell you. Yeah, Nick can. I only had one year with both of those guys. It was, yeah, it was a good year. I got, I got, I was the young rookie that had to do everything, so I got picked on a lot. But they know I, I helped the team win tons. <laughs> the West Cates. The guy refers to the West Cates era. Hey, it was In, a great era. It was a great a era. Winning. He's Sold the only guy stadium. that refers to it as the West Cates era. But hey, is it wilder now? In this town for, like, the fandom, or does it just seem that way to me? Then when, think the, when you were playing. I think the stadium helps it seem better, but it was way wilder. When I, I came into, like, five, four or five straight games of streakers and just pandemonium in the, fan, like in the stands. Like, the things that were happening when I was playing, you can't even do now. You get kicked out for life. So it's Name way, one. way better. Name one. What do you mean? Like, what, what, what was happening? I'm talking about like streakers, like literally. Oh, I thought you meant in the game, oh, like no. uh, well, yeah, Rob that, Murphy I, choking John Chick. Or I actually something got like a that. concussion and got back into a game. It was with Big Wind. We were in the Banjo Bowl and we came back and won with yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was an interesting one. But yeah, there's a lot of things that are. I guess rules are getting better. Guys were definitely tougher. These guys I see getting helped off the field and coming back in and 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 finishing the game. I'm like, I never, I never got injured. And had to get helped off the field. I like figured out I was injured and walked myself. You played the great cup on a broken foot. Let's yeah, be these guys are these guys are soft. Man. I, I give him a hard time, <laughs> but I love him, and he is uh, one of the all-time greats. Wes, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it was my pleasure. The Wes Case, Nick Lewis, next hour, and a big viewer takeover as we talk CFL and a whole lot more. Stick around for this after this break here on Game Plus TV. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.